Hello and good evening, dear listener. How the devil are you? Soggy, I bet, if you're in the vicinity, if you're anywhere else on the planet. I was going to say be grateful, but I don't know what it's like where you are. It's pretty soggy here. But that's the English weather for you, isn't it? Last week, freezing cold, needed 15,000 vests. I won't go into the vest thing at the moment because I'm sure you're tired of me saying how many vests I had on last week. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Anyway, it's a bit soggy now. This is, that's the trouble, isn't it, with the British with the British winter? You're either freezing cold and it's sunny or it's uh, a bit warmer and wet. So we've had it all in the last two weeks. Should we start with a bang? Oh, go on then. Well, I did say we're going to start with the bang the DS era, of course, from Verdi's Requiem. And there's a reason I'm playing that this evening. I'm going to be singing that on Saturday. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Do you know, do you ever sort of, do you ever put yourself up for something and then as it, the day gets closer, you wish you hadn't? <laughs> That's where I am with that one. So for uh, listeners uh, of my show who um, tune in regularly, First of all, you're very welcome if you're new. That's lovely too. Um, but uh, I do sing in the local choral society. <laughs> and every now and again, one of the uh, local choirs or choral societies will put out a little thing saying, oh, we're having, a, we're having a singing day on this particular piece of music on whatever day it is. Do come along, pay you 20 quid or whatever it is. Bring yourself a packed lunch. We'll provide the tea and coffee. And I think that's always a good day out, isn't it? <laughs> so... So on Saturday, I'm going to be singing that now. 
I have never sung uh, Verdi's Requiem in my life, so I've been playing it on a loop in the background in my office for the last week in the hope that I can pick it up. And I certainly know that the DS era is probably one of the um, most iconic pieces of choral music, isn't it? And I should warn you that with a bit of luck, I should be finishing and start finishing and ending the show on a choral um, sort of idea this evening. So... Um, so I'm going to be I'm going to be singing. I'm thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And the reason why I'm feeling a bit maybe I shouldn't have put myself up for that. And I might pull out if it wasn't for the fact that I'm a taxi driver for somebody else who wants to go. So I don't want to leave my friend in the lurch. So I am going to go take me sandwiches, flask of coffee, and hope that I can just sing at least one or two notes. Which is precisely where I found myself last Saturday, because this coming Saturday it's the Exeter Philharmonics uh, come and sing Verdi's Requiem with us. Last Saturday. It was extra festival choruses. Please come and sing Bach's Mass in B minor with us now. I felt rather confident about that on account of the fact that some many years ago, I won't say how many because it'll give a clue as to how ancient I really am. I've already sung this piece of music. I thought, ah, I know Bach's Mass in B minor. Not a doddle because it's a heck of a work, but, you know, I've sung it before. So I'll stick it on my uh, iPad and, you know, listen to it on a loop in, (laughs) in the office for a week or two before I go, which is precisely what I did. Well, when I tell you... I think I might have sung three notes <laughs> of the whole work. In you know, it was just it was barking. It was very very good. It was a great day out, I have to say, and it is a brilliant piece of work. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play play you um, the Constanta Spiritu from uh, Bach's B minor Mass, which is one of the louder and probably quite possibly my favourite bit in it. Although it's it's such a great piece of work, I like it all. But here we go. I'll, let's have another three or four minutes of choral, and then I'll let you off on the choral until the end of the show. So um, when you listen to this, they think, oh, wasn't Denise clever singing that? I think I sang two notes of this bit. Thank you. 
Amen, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I sang that. Well, about three notes of it. Well, I sang a few more than that, but it's, I think that's a brilliant piece of music. I've forgotten how wonderful it was, actually, having not sung it for <clears throat> thousands of years. Um, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it, when you... I don't even have ever sung yourself, um, but when you get choral stuff like that, <laughs> I love a challenge, me. And... Um, and you get you get that piece of music, four beats to the bar, of course, and uh, in common time, and sixteen notes in the bar, so four notes per beat, and it's like, <laughs> but obviously better than that. So you can hear those people in the background, can't you? All sort of coming in in canon one after the other, and it's it's very very good. If if you get someone like that's the Monteverdi choir singing, and they really know what they're doing, those people. And John Elliott Gardner was conducting them along with the. Uh, English Baroque soloist but I mean those people really have got it nailed on there's a brilliant uh, YouTube video of that particular performance and it's amazing it's just you know it's not a massive massive choir the, the Monteverdi choir it's not it's not huge but my goodness can't they make a fantastic noise Anyway, uh, Sir Colin Davis, I will say, was conducting the LSO, uh, the London Symphony Orchestra and the London Symphony Chorus on the Diazire earlier on the Verde piece, which, as I say, I'm going to be attempting on Saturday. I can't say I'm going to be singing it. I might sing the first three notes of the, the Diazire and the rest of it's just like whatever. So it's a hoot and a half. And... Um, and talking about singing runs of notes or just singing all sorts of stuff, we, I, I, I do mention every time now, don't I, until the performance, and I'll still be mentioning it, that we are going to be doing, um, the course society are going to be doing um, Handel's Messiah. And of course, Handel was another one. Because, <laughs> well, that's Baroque music for you, isn't it? You know, Baroque music, I call it Baroque and Roll, because it is. Um, but that's Baroque music for you, isn't it? It is all that sort of running notes and, and all the rest of it. So we were doing the Amen Chorus last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Let's just play something else.
course, it is Scottish fantasy, Max Brook. Now I'm playing that because guilty as charged. Last week I said, here's Max Brooks and I'm going to play the finale from his Scottish, whatchamacalls it, and then played something completely different. And I hoped I'd gotten away with it. But of course, my eagle-eyed, or should I say eagle-eared listeners, uh, you know who you are. I won't mention the person's name. <laughs> Let me know in no uncertain terms. Denise. That was not Max Brooks's Scottish fantasy. It was something completely different. It was a violin concerto, whatever it was. And that person was right, weren't you? So there we go. I've put it right. And to be fair, it was obviously a happy accident because here I am playing the Scottish fantasy on Burns Night. That was the finale. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm sorry about that. For those of you that thought I'd completely lost the plot, I obviously had a bit. But hey-ho. So, um Yuri Simonov was conducting Yazuko. I can't pronounce his surname. It was a Royal Philharmonic Orchestra was doing the backing. And I can't pronounce I have to hope this person forgives me. Yuzuko Horigome. I think, well, they're obviously Japanese, aren't they? Yuzuko Horigome. And Yuri Simonov was conducting. Sorry about that. I do like to um, try. I wish they were all French or Spanish. I can understand that. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so apologies to my listener who pointed out that I had not indeed played Max Brooks's um, Scottish fantasy, but I have now. I've put it right. And how appropriate it should be on Burns Night. How's your haggis? Have you had any? And any tatties and neeps to go with it? I've got to say, I really love haggis. And um, the best haggis I ever had. Have you ever had McSween's haggis? I had McSween's haggis when I was in Scotland in Edinburgh some years ago, and I was about nine years ago, ten years ago, nine years ago. And um, oh, it was just brilliant. I had it as part of a full Scottish breakfast with McSween's black pudding as well. I love black pudding. I have never had a breakfast like it. It was so good. I went back the next day for another one. It was delicious. A, it's a cafe called, if you ever get to uh, Edinburgh, a cafe called The Peace Box on Morningside. Absolutely the best breakfast you will ever have in your life. Do try, unless you're a vegetarian, no good then, because you, you wouldn't want all that, would you? But absolutely brilliant. I do like a bit of haggis. Shall we have something else? Now let's have something, something else a bit pompous, because it is the beginning of the show, or the first half an hour of the show. Always play things that are a bit pompous at the beginning of the show. Here's something really wonderful from Modesk. Modest, not at all modest, actually. Mazursky, the Great Gate of Kiev.
great, isn't it? The Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra there, conducted by Gustavo Dudamel. You can hear the bells ringing in that, can't you? I do like a bell. Don't do bell ringing myself. My friend Lynn, she's a campanologist. She does the bell ringing, I think it's Sidbury Church, and she has a lovely time. <laughs> and every Sunday morning when I'm off to the gym, um, I always hit the church bells as I'm leaving because it's about quarter to ten. And obviously in Sidmouth Church, they've obviously got the guys swinging from the bell ropes and doing what uh, those people do on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I go to the gym, they ring bells. Hey-ho. So, um, something else a bit loud, really, but it is that, that time of the show, isn't it, where things are a bit lively, but uh, hey-ho. Um, but before I do play something lively, how are you doing? I, I, I haven't asked you, have I? I've been waffling all about myself. How very rude of me. Very, very rude to waffle about my singing and everything else. I'm not even to ask you how you are. And I hope you're okay. And keeping, well, I was going to say keeping warm, but keeping dry this week, don't you think? It's just been a bit cool. And I've just been checking out some very strange things in the uh, in the news. So apparently, if you if someone's overdone your tea and they've made it a bit strong, apparently American scientists, I and mean, what do they know about tea? I mean, heaven forbid. But apparently, if you somebody gives you a strong cup of tea, apparently a touch of salt will take away the bitterness. Well, I don't know, because I like my tea I call it builder's tea. You know, I'm talking about proper cup of tea, but I am a northerner. But for those of you that don't like it that strong, have a little bit of salt in your pocket. And when no one's looking, just in there and that's your tea. That's my bit of gossip for today from America. But like I say, what do they know about tea? Whenever I've had tea over there, they, they, they always, when you ask for tea, they don't put it in a pot or anything else. They give you a cup. And they put the water in the cup, hot water in the cup, and then they put the tea bag on the side. By the time you're ready to put the tea bag in the cup, either whatever it is, or however far the, the, the cups come across the room, the water is nowhere near warm enough or hot enough to make a decent cup of tea. So the salt thing, I'm going to take that with a pinch of salt. Every pun intended there. No puns for this, though. This is the Sinfonia Varsovia under the wonderful Yehudi Menuhin, and it is the Thieving Magpie by Rossini. Thank you. 
Uh, that bird's got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? The old thieving magpie Rossini going to town on that. It's a bit loud, isn't it? Things are going to get a bit uh, quieter now, don't worry. And I've got some really, really lovely music lined up for later on in the show. And I have to say, <laughs> I've got a f- couple of um, like folky bits in, but that's OK. We'll get to them in a minute and you'll, you'll enjoy them. You really will. Trust me, you will. Even though it's not the folk music show, that's the guys that come in on. I think it's a Monday night, isn't it? And... Um, well, we've got all sorts. We've got all sorts here on Sid Valley Radio. Go and have a look. Go and have a look at what we've got. Because um, if you like my show, you'll probably like others. We have the lovely Gavin, who does six shows, including the Cowboy Show. That goes out before mine. And everybody else as well. So we've got folk, we've got jazz, we've got dance music, we've got a storyteller. We've got them all. And you've got me here, Denise, playing lovely classical music for two hours every Thursday between 8 and 10. And if you like what we do, 
Um, I'll just tell you this, that we do it for free. Nobody at the station is paid. We do it because we love it. But of course, we do have to have the equipment. We need the electricity to, to keep it going. And it just costs about £6,000 a year to keep the uh, the station on the road. So if you are feeling generous um, and uh, you've got a couple of quid hanging around, why don't you go to our website and click on the donate box and keep us all going? And uh, we'll love you for it, even more than we already do, if it was at all possible. So, you know, that Handel opens my show every week with the arrival of the Queen of Sheba. He also did the water music, did he not? And this is a very short piece from that, two and a half minutes, but it is my very favourite bit of the water music. It is the Allegro. good they played it twice yes indeed when that music was first played by the orchestra that took king george the first up the the thames on his boat in order to parade him to the masses in the hope of making him well loved i think they loved the music more than george but never mind why wouldn't they it was brilliant and but george loved it so much he made them go up and down the, the river another time so you could hear it all again good old handle what a brilliant piece of music that is and that's my favorite bit and if i were to say about happy classics um that piece of music pretty much encapsulates it it's such a lovely happy piece of music and i've got another couple of pieces like that later in the show but really it is just you know 
it's just well it's just you can't hear it and not put a smile on your face can you i think it's just lovely that that's just great anyway time for a dance or as you might say down here in the south a dance so um it's a tango wow get get out the red rose jam it between your teeth get around the kitchen to piazzola's libertango
that's good, isn't it? You can take the uh, red rose out of your mouth now. <laughs> Beyond Uala Hunt, what a great name that is. <laughs> It's a bit posher than Denise, isn't it? The RTE concert orchestra. She was conducting the orchestra from the violin. Wasn't she clever? So we've got a bit of, um, we've got our our second because Bach was our first. I I should have said it, shouldn't I, at the beginning of the show. Bach was our first Holy Trinity member to play this evening. And and the second member of our Holy Trinity, Beethoven. Uh, Normally it's the way around, isn't it? We normally get Bach towards the end of the show and Mozart sometimes... It's in the middle somewhere. I think he's. I think he's last tonight. Yes, he is. There we go. Here's um, here's the lovely Beethoven. <laughs> I'll get it going in a minute. I'm having a moment. Forgive me. Uh, the piano concerto number two in B flat major, and this is the third movement from that. So Simon Rattle, yes, him. What a great name. And hasn't he got that wonderful cloud of? Well, it used to be golden curls, but now it's grey curls, and he looks like a little angel. Don't tell him I said that because he'd be, you know, he might be a bit embarrassed. Anyway. He's conducting the Berlin Phil. Mitsuko Ishida is going to play this movement for us. Thank you. 
Great stuff, isn't it? Can't beat a bit of Beethoven. <laughs> that was very alliterative, wasn't it? Good grief! Oh, I don't know. It's all a bit barking. So did you uh, did you hear earlier on this week that the Queen used to didn't like um, Alice in Wonderland? She she didn't like it because it was scary and uh, been a bit of a canter in one of the papers about it. And a few people saying that they they didn't like it and it gave them nightmares. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because um, Today I had um, had a phone call from one of my sons. I won't say which one it was because he'll probably be embarrassed if I were to say which one. But for those of you that know me, I only have the two. But when he was about three, this particular son, he was watching um, he was watching Alice in Wonderland, the Disney version. And uh, there's a, a scene in there, isn't there, where she gets lost in Tulgy Wood, and he was only about three at the time, my little boy, and um, and it shows what a sensitive personally is because he sometimes comes across as a bit you know a bit of a hard case but he really isn't <laughs> because and it reminded me today I sent him a little text message because he rang up today because uh, he had he has two or three pets and this particular pet was very ill and he was at the the vet and he'd rung me because he was quite distressed with this pet and he was just sitting with this pet the vet had sort of treated this pet and he the vet had left him on his own with this pet and he just wanted to speak to somebody and he rang his old mother and um, and I could hear he was quite choked up about this pet. And um, so I texted him a bit later on this evening. I said to him, do you remember watching Alice in Wonderland, the Disney version? And he said that he did. I said, do you remember the bit about told you what? And he said, vividly and then she gets lost in told you what doesn't she and if you look at the colour of the, the cartoon at that time, it, it's it goes very dark. It's all very, very dark blues and and blacks and a bit of moonlight. But she's lost in this wood and she's obviously quite... And she sits down on a log and cries. And my little three-year-old boy, he obviously felt such empathy with this cartoon character, but he didn't know what to do about it because, you know, what do you do? Because he obviously didn't understand what he was feeling. So he just came up to me and he just... I was sitting watching the film with him and he was sitting right in front of the television the way that three-year-olds do. And he just got, and he was, you could see, he just couldn't understand what was happening. And he got on my knee and uh, he said, I'm sad, mummy. I said, I know, it's very sad, isn't it, when you get lost? I said, but you know, she'll find a way out in a minute. And of course she does. And uh, I reminded my son today of that because he does come across as, he is, you know, he does come across as very, very um, ambitious and 
he likes to paint himself as a bit of a hard case. He really isn't. And I just reminded him of that uh, when he was feeling quite uh, upset about this pet of his today. And I said, it just reminded me of you when you were three. And I don't think it does any harm for your adult son to be reminded that that small three-year-old boy, that compassionate three-year-old boy is still in there when you want to let him out. (laughs) And talking of small boys, he was 17 once, whereas most of us who are still on the planet who are that age would have been at 17 at one point. And this is a a tune. I did did say to you that I was going to play something folky. I just love this piece of music. It's from um, the folk song suite. It's Vaughan Williams, of course. And... um, and it's the, it's the march called 17 Come Sunday. And it's, it does sound like a young man who's absolutely delirious. Can't wait till the weekend when he's going to be, you know, almost a man. So uh, as well as, as as well as compassionate three-year-old boys, that three-year-old boy becomes a bombastic 17-year-old. Can't wait to get there. Here he is.
great piece of music, isn't it? Another one that puts a smile on your face. And of course, the second appearance, or dare I say third appearance, bearing in mind they do my theme tune of the Academy of St. Martin the Fields under Sir Neville Mariner. And I did say a couple of folkies, so I'm going to do another one straight on the bounce from that. <laughs> I just love this piece of music. I love the name of it more than anything. And I, this is the one where I would almost have it as my, and I've said it a few times, I'm sorry to bore you, but if you're a new member of my audience, you won't have heard me say this. I would have this as my... Um, theme tune at the beginning of the show if it wasn't for the name of it Dick Smaggot Is just such great fun from the suite of English folk dances. <laughs> Tomlinson, Ernest Tomlinson's suite of English folk dances. Of course, Ian Sutherland was conducting, believe it or not, the Ian Sutherland Concert Orchestra. Fancy that? Such a fun piece of music. That's exactly what Happy Classics is all about. The boss is already he's glaring at me and he's told me off for something else tonight. I've, I'm just been, I've just been very, you know, I've just been chastised for being naughty, but I won't tell you what it was because, you know. I'm just going to have to go into a corner and cry. A bit like Alice in Wonderland in Told You Would. I'm going to go sit on a log and cry for being told off. If you want to ask me what it was, you can ping me on 07565825041. I may tell you, I may not. Um, right, what have we got now? 
oh, I need to have a look at my playlist because I've been so distracted by being told off. It's so rare because I like to try and be a nice... I've got no idea what I'm playing. Oh, yes, I'm Grieg. (laughs) Shall I just play it? I'll do that.
Makes you wish you'd kept up the lessons, doesn't it? Howard Shelley there playing Grieg's Piano Concerto in A minor, the second movement, backed up by the Opera North Orchestra. Just gorgeous stuff. I've got some more piano stuff later. I generally do this end of the show. There's generally stuff. I think I've got something on the harp as well. Love a bit of harp. In the meantime, the one and only trip to the movies this evening. I think I played quite a bit from the films last week, but this is just one. Bit of a fantasy moment now. Let's go and have a look around Harry's wondrous world.
that's 23 years old that <laughs> it's unbelievable isn't it harry's wondrous world john williams wrote it he conducted the soundtrack orchestra just brilliant from harry potter and the sorcerer's stone of course the book was called the philosopher's stone but the americans don't know what a philosopher is so that's why he got changed to sorcerer i'm saying some horrible things about americans aren't i this evening because about the making not being able to make a cup of tea and not understanding what a philosopher was but that's just me being horrible and i hope if i do have any american listeners you'll understand that it is just me being silly and i love americans I'm listening to some um, podcasts at the minute. I don't know if I've told you about my interest in, I've, I've, I've confessed up to my regular listeners and probably lost half of my audience and I confessed up that uh, as well as doing the day job, I also study astrology. And I, I listened to a lot of podcasts from this guy who is very, very clever, very learned in astrology. I won't, I won't say what his name is because um, he is Mr. America. And I call him Mr. Charisma because um, I have to say, the fact that he is devoid of any personality whatsoever does not mean that the message that he's giving around the the intricacies of whatever aspect of astrology I'm listening to at the time, it doesn't distract from that. So um, I find that rather interesting. <laughs> I, find that, I find the astrology rather interesting. I find the fact that he is just, but he's American and he's obviously got a brain the size of Jupiter and uh, he's very, very clever. I've even bought his book, which is about a foot thick. I haven't yet started it. It arrived last week. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. But yeah, so um, so now that I've fessed up to my little, my guilty secret about my astrology, now you know. And I might just drop the occasional thing. I haven't got a full moon this week, full moon in Leo this week. So in fact, I think it's tonight, actually. So yeah, so anything that you've got going on around, you know, feeling, you know, wonderfully yourself and especially around your career, get stuck in. So I move on in case the boss sacks me now. <laughs> Having told me off already about something, the fact that he said, no, no, Denise, this is a classical music show. It has nothing to do with astrology. So I shall move swiftly on to Alberto Girolli, who might be Italian. Oh, go on, he is, isn't he? And I've played one or two of his. This is one of my favourites of his. It's not uh, Tutto Es Bellissimo, which is, is my actual favourite of his. This is my second favourite of his. A bit of piano music for you. It's called One Note, and it starts precisely with just the one note. Thank you. 
That's still can you can you hear that still going just ever so gently? Alberto Giroli, one note starts on one note, ends in one note. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Third and final member of our Holy Trinity this evening, of course Mozart, because he hasn't been yet, but here he is now. Serenade number ten in B flat major, otherwise known as the Grand Partita number three.
That's gorgeous, isn't it? Just delightful. Our lovely third member of our Holy Trinity. That was the Academy for Alta Music Berlin, and it doesn't say who the conductor was, so I'll let you make up your own mind on that. Here's a beautiful piece of music. This always makes me think about, I mean, the Queen had it, not Queen Camilla, but the, the late Queen had this at her 21st birthday party, didn't she? Cecil Armstrong Gibbs. And it's from his work called Fancy Dress. And this is the third movement of it called Dusk. It's just beautiful. It's just, it's such a romantic piece of music. And um, you can just imagine wearing one of those floaty frocks and having a handsome man gently guide you onto the dance floor and whisk you away for five minutes and 10 seconds.
That's just gorgeous, isn't it? It's from um, it's from an album called Box of Delights, British Light Musical Gems, and I think British Light Music Gems. It is gorgeous, isn't it? So um, Dusk by um, Cecil Armstrong Gibbs and uh, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra was conducted by Simon. Mm, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly. It's only got one L. I want to say Jolly, but it's probably Jolie because it's only got one L. So uh, from my grammar school days, not, not that I went to grammar school, but I didn't. But when the, we were taught grammar in comprehensive school, because believe it or not, English grammar was taught then. And uh, apparently if there's uh, only one syllable so only one um consonant the letter the uh the noun says its own name O. not noun they you know what i'm trying to say the o a b c d e no what, what's it called a i o u those ones <laughs> okay early on said dementia i was just reading something about dementia about the things to stave it off and have you seen that there's this blood test now for the over 50s i think i might need to have it um vowels of course is what i meant to say not nouns and um Apparently, there's a blood test now that you can get a potential diagnosis 15 years before any symptoms arrive, which is probably just as well, really. But I've, I've been reading this book by a guy called Dr. Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A. Do read it. It's absolutely brilliant. The best thing you can do to stave off dementia is to weight lift. And I don't mean not clean and jerk, just doing weight bearing exercise. Brilliant stuff. Get a lot of sleep, eat properly and stay socially connected. Those are the things to do, folks. So uh, I think I need <laughs> I need to be doing a lot more of something, bearing in mind I can't even remember what a vowel is. Hey-ho, shall we move on? Let's do that. Um, talking of sleep, let's have a dream. This is a Debussy's dream and it was it's plucked on the harp by the lovely Xavier de Maistre. Thank you. 
That's just gorgeous, isn't it? I do like that. It's Reverie, Dream by Debussy, Xavier de Maistre, uh playing the harp there. I always say when I play harp music, we ought to play more harp music on the show. <laughs> Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll keep my little promise to you. Anyway, never mind. Shall we do some more strings? And this is interesting um, because I do like um, the way that you can sometimes convert popular music, what will be known as pop music, to have a classical feel for it. And um, we asked Car- Cara Daglich, he's done some great stuff, hasn't he? He's done that uh, Beatles album. He's done various ones. I've played Blackbird from him. And I'm going to play another one from him now. And this is this is a gorgeous piece of music, even as a piece of pop music. And it's it's so beautiful. It's, um, it's the sound of silence. Salmon and Garfunkel, absolutely beautiful. But have a listen to this. It was arranged for guitar by a guy called... Truman Lawson. So have a listen to this. This is the lovely Milos Karadaglic playing a popular piece of music, but with, well, sounds like a classical piece. Do you think of that? I think it's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Milosh Karadaglic there 
on the guitar and the 12 ensemble was doing all the lovely, beautiful violins and strings in the background. Just gorgeous stuff. So down to the last two pieces in the show. And I did promise you, did I not? Um, to start and end on a choral note. And here we are. So this is a gorgeous piece of music. I've never, ever sung Foray's Requiem. Uh, but here's Daniel's day, day from that. And um, the choir of St. J- St. John's College, Cambridge, I'll get it right in a minute, are going to sing it. And um, well, sing along if you know the words. Thank you. 
I just love that piece. I've often played it towards the end of the show, but Foray often appears, doesn't he, in the last half an hour of Happy Classics here on Sid Valley Radio. The choir of St John's College Cambridge there entertaining us, but no mention of who the orchestra was or who the uh, conductor was. (laughs) Sadly, I'll allow you to make up your own minds again. So we've had a couple of those this evening, haven't we? Anyway, that's pretty much it for my show tonight. Uh, what have we had? We've had lots of... Sorry about that. I shouldn't I shouldn't really apologise, should I, for the choral stuff. I do love it. Uh, don't forget that we have uh, Choral Society Messiah on the 27th of April. If you know of anyone who would like to join us, let them have a look at our website and give us a shout. We are also uh, doing a workshop day of the Messiah. I think it's the 20th of April. Uh, the week before our performance. I will let you know more near the time, but that will give anyone who would like to come along and just sing just for the for the fun of it a chance to join us and do that. In the meantime, let's finish with the lovely John Rutter, also from Cambridge, and the Cambridge Singers this time, not the Choir of St John's College, but it's the Cambridge Singers with John Rutter himself with this beautiful, beautiful blessing for you now. It's the Gaelic Blessing. And it comes with all my best wishes for a lovely week this week. And I hope you will join me next Thursday here on Sid Valley Radio for more happy classics. Until then, good night. Thank you.